Welcome everyone to a bonus episode of the most accurate podcast. I am your humble host, Brandon Niles. Joining me today is the master ranker himself, John Paulson. John, thank you so much for coming by. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. It's a late time for me to be recording. Usually I record in the morning, but we made it work. <laughs> I th- we wanted to get a, a free agency primer in, so let's do it. Just to touch on it, give a little bit of a preview of what kind of expectations we can have for free agency. Uh, Before we get too far into that, just as a Green Bay Packers fan, what are you hoping happens in free agency? Just (laughs) from a Packers perspective, I want to give you a chance. Well, I think they kind of blew their wad two seasons ago when they they got the Smith brothers. And Preston really hasn't lived up to his contract, but Zadarius has. Uh, Adrian Amos, I think they signed that year as well. Uh, Those were like the impact... uh, signings that I remember and then since then and really before before that year with Ted Thompson you know running things they were very frugal they I would always make a joke that you know you know the first week or two of free agency Ted's Ted's plan was to just take a nap on the on the couch and <laughs> and then you know they wake you know wake him up at some point and see who's left and, and who he can get at a bargain um, but you know they obviously could use another receiver um, they could use some offensive line depth. They could use some impact defenders. Um, I think they need a cornerback. I don't think Kevin King is the answer. Uh, so there's some holes to fill. I don't know that they're going to fill them via um, free agency. I would love to see somebody like Curtis Samuel uh, come in and, and, and you know play opposite uh, Devontae Adams, but I think that's probably a pipe dream given their cap situation. I think that's everybody's wet dream. I think everybody's just like hoping Curtis Samuel signs in Green Bay. Like, I think if we put up like a collection for like them to pay for that, I think fantasy owners everywhere would do it. Like a a GoFundMe. Yeah, absolutely. I will say I booked a golf uh, trip not too long ago, and the person ahead of me on the ledger was just called Green Bay GM, and it was that whole two weeks that free agency starts. So (laughs) if that means anything. That sounds right. Sounds right. (laughs) Uh, So uh, like we said, we're going to do a quick free agency preview. Uh, Given teams can start negotiating with free agents early next week, uh, it's going to be a brief discussion of landing spots and players keep an eye on heading into what I call the Twitter refresh part of the offseason so get those Adam Schefter Ian Rappaport Twitter accounts ready uh we're gonna go position by position we're gonna go rapid fire we're gonna make this quick it's a bonus episode and and bonus anything can happen so uh for for quarterbacks uh, this season's free agency class a few veterans looking to become bridge quarterbacks in new digs a few youngsters looking for another opportunity to win a job John I'm going to run through kind of the key free agents and from a fantasy perspective we're going to play starter bridge backup so I get I give a name you tell me if we're looking at them as a starter, a bridge, or a backup. Sounds good. Number one, Alex Smith, everyone's favorite comeback player of the year. Alex Smith no longer with the Washington football team. Team's looking at him. Is he looking to be a starter, a bridge, or a backup? I would think, well, he, he probably is looking for a starting job or at least to be able to compete, but uh, he's probably at this point a bridge or a backup. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And then my favorite bridge quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, we know he's a bridge. Where do you want him to go? I just, I just got to know this. Wouldn't it be fun if he was the starting quarterback for the Broncos? Oh, it'd be so much fun. It'd be, it'd so, be so much, much fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> Have him just chucking it downfield to Courtland Sutton and Jerry Judy re- all in. Yeah, good receiving core. He's, he's going to put up fantasy points. He's going to have a couple four interception games, but you know you can live with that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then this one's kind of an interesting one. Flashed a little in his only opportunity last season. Marcus Mariota's out there. Starter, bridge, or backup? He might be a, 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 a player that teams bring in. They, they draft a rookie in the second or third round, and they're hoping that uh, one of them kind of hits. Uh, he's, he's a change of scenery type player. He played really well first couple seasons and then just 
uh, I don't know what was going on in Tennessee, you know, when, when uh, Ryan Tannehill took over and now looks like an all pro every year. Uh, it, it was a weird deal with Mariota and he did look pretty good uh, for, for uh, the, the Vegas, I almost called him Oakland, the Vegas Raiders, <laughs> uh, when he did have a brief chance to, to play there. That's okay. I dropped to San Diego like a month ago. Oh. And I, was, I was just ashamed. I was just Brandon. ashamed of myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Cam Newton, starter, bridge, or backup. This one makes me kind of sad, but I wanted to bring him up. Boy, you know, I, I, I want to say starter. I don't know if he's still going to be in that situation. It was such a weird year throwing the ball in New England. They had, I believe they had sub 10. They were under 10 passing touchdowns, I believe. More rushing touchdowns. Just doesn't look like he's got it as a thrower anymore. But uh, he also had the COVID. He might have had the long COVID. He, he was complaining about a little bit of brain fog and all that. So that might have been playing into to his season. And, and he produces when he's playing because of the rushing production. So it's, I, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about. As a, as a part-time Panthers fan, makes me sad to see him dwindle away. <laughs> but uh, let's move to Jameis Winston, uh, starter, bridge, or backup. He's an interesting one. Yeah, I should have probably clarified. When you're talking starter, you just mean like NFL starter, not uh, fantasy starter, right? Yeah, a bit of both. Bit okay. Of both. So Winston, I think we've seen him produce top 12 numbers like recently. <laughs> I mean, his last year yeah. in Tampa, he was, yeah. you know, he threw 6,000 interceptions, but he still finished <laughs> in the top 12, I believe, in fantasy points. And, uh, you know, I would like to see him starting for maybe the Saints or or even the uh, or the Broncos, perhaps like just land in a good situation with a bunch of good receivers and maybe a an offensive coordinator that can kind of rein him in. But I don't know if that's possible. The other issue with him is we still I don't know if we've seen LASIK Winston right for a full season yet. I mean, he he did get the LASIK before he was a free agent, and then he didn't get to play much for for the Saints. Maybe if he lands in a good spot, he might be a nice value uh, in the later rounds. Yeah, one of the few illustrious players who's thrown for over 5,000 yards in a season. So yeah. he can he can wing it. Finally, I got Mitch Trubisky, who I, for some reason, like for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> except he's just fun to root for for some reason. What do you think of Mitch Trubisky? Well, he's kind of like the Bad News Bears like <laughs> mascot right now. Uh, just They traded up for him. Ryan Pace traded up for him. Uh, passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I love telling the story so that all the Bears fans out there are rolling their eyes. I don't think he's terrible uh he does fantasy wise especially he can run when he does decides to run but when he's not running which there was a whole season where he barely ran his fantasy numbers weren't good at all you know he might end up starting for the bears again i don't know if this russell wilson pipe dream is going to happen for them yeah, well i'm rooting for something some sort of mitch <laughs> trubisky action next year i need a little mitch in my life that's why <laughs> he'll probably play at some point you know oh so let's do uh teams to watch all right chicago denver we kind of talked about new england New Orleans, we don't know what's happening with Drew Brees. Washington, those are the teams that I think really are left to be maybe free agent, maybe mid-round set, because we know Jacksonville's drafting Trevor Lawrence, so I'm not talking about those like like pedigree, top-notch draft destinations. I'm talking guys that might be looking for a free agent acquisition. What's your favorite fit of player to team out of this list of teams that needs a quarterback? Yeah, I would say like Winston or uh, Fitzpatrick to Denver would be great. Um, either one of those players playing for New Orleans would be fun. I think Washington is kind of an under-the-radar good landing spot with uh, Terry McLaurin there and uh, Logan Thomas, and maybe they get another receiver. Uh, they have Antonio Gibson at running back and J.D. McKissick. Like, that's a little bit of an under, under-radar spot. I, I, don't, I don't really like New England just because of the just lack of receiving talent, and maybe that can change. But 
they've got a lot of holes in the passing game there. And Chicago is just kind of Chicago. Like maybe if Russell Wilson or Winston lands there, it starts to get interesting, but uh, it's because they're going to need a kind of a, a quality quarterback in order to make that passing offense uh, much better. Yeah, I'm with you. Ryan Fitzpatrick to New England is what I want solely so that he'll have played for every team in the AFC East. <laughs> That's the only thing I want. <laughs> Folks, early bird pricing for 2021 4 for 4 memberships are available. Don't hesitate to sign up early and capitalize on the ever-growing off-season content we bring you day in and day out. Check out Classic, Pro, and DFS embedding memberships up to 25% off right now. See 4for4.com slash plans for details. So we're going to shift to running backs. I want to play a little game called uh, Sign Trade Cut. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, so this okay. is just solely fantasy. I've got three different categories of running backs. One that was a little stepped on from restricted tags, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, here's the first one. This is a category I'm going to call the post-hypers, formerly high-drafted fantasy players who might just need a change of scenery. I got Kenyon Drake, James Conner, and Leonard Fournette. Are you going to sign, trade, or cut each of those? Well, you know, everybody knows I'm a Drake fan. Um, yep. I like the Drake. It was just weird watching him run this last year, and I don't know if something's going on uh, with his body in terms of like injury. You know, I think he had the high ankle beginning of the previous year, I believe, and then this year just seemed like wasn't running with the same juice that he did, uh, that he showed when he was in Miami and when he showed when he came over to Arizona after the trade midseason. Like, he looked excellent. And then... The last two seasons has just been a little, or is it, how many years has he been there? Full just seasons? this season, yeah. Just oh, okay, this, this is his full season. So I was looking yeah. forward to a much better uh, season, and I think he was binged up, dinged up with injuries and just was kind of getting outrun by Chase Edmonds, who isn't even that great of a runner. He's just better in the passing game. So Drake ended up scoring and, and doing okay, but he just didn't have that burst that, I'd seen the previous season and also in Miami. So I'm interested to see if he gets fully healthy and maybe lands in a good spot. Uh, Connor, kind of the same situation. He was performer fancy RB1 and just couldn't get it going on a consistent basis for the Steelers. But the Steelers running game was also pretty brutal the entire year. So he's another change of scenery guy. I'm interested to see where he lands. And then Fournette for Tampa pretty much got outran by Ronald Jones, in my opinion, but you know, showed up when they needed him most in the playoffs and had some big games, had a huge run against my Packers. That was a back-breaking run. <laughs> um, so he's another guy. If, you, if you're going to give him 250, 300 touches, he's going to end up being a fantasy starter. Sure, sure. Um, so next category, I, I kind of agree with all of those. Uh, Connor's the interesting one to me because Miami is sniffing around him, and if he goes to Miami, I think he'll get touches. But mm -hmm. uh, my next category, uh, things that make you go, hmm, there's no idea what to make of these three players. And so I'm interested. Uh, let me know, fantasy roster, sign, trade, or cut these okay. three guys. You get Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, and Marlon Mack. I would say Bell, uh, trade or cut. Uh, Mac is interesting in that, you know, I, I'm, I was a fan. Uh, he obviously was going to be the guy kind of holding Jonathan Taylor back last year and then got injured. And then Taylor was being held back by other players, Naeem Hines primarily. Yeah. Um, until the very end of the season. Interested to see where he lands because I think he's pretty talented. But, you know, I don't think they're gonna, anyone's going to sign him and expect him to be the bell cow. I do think Carson has that potential, though. I do think Carson mm -hmm. could go somewhere four or five million a year, get a two or three million 
deal. Maybe he goes to the Steelers or something like that kind of feels right. You know, Carson could end up with the Dolphins too. I mean, I think that would be a pretty good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a really good player and uh, has, you know, been highly graded. Uh, his, his advanced stats are always good um, breaking tackles and all that. So uh, I think of, of these three specifically, I'm most interested in Carson and, and he's most likely to be, you know, a fourth or fifth round uh, running back when fantasy drafts are, are being held. Carson in Pittsburgh, I kind of love that. I didn't yeah. even think about that. I kind of love that fit. Yeah. Uh, another category for you, this one is a little stepped on because Gus Edwards uh, was tendered with a second-round tender, so he's probably not going anywhere. I'm going to include him anyway. Uh, Philip Lindsay also restricted, but this is uh, get back, get back. You don't know me like that. Backups that might have a little something. Uh, are you interested in Tevin Coleman? Gus Edwards, Philip Lindsay, sign one, cut one, trade one. I don't know if I can sign one, cut one, trade. Tra- I, I think with with Edwards, he's going to have a role with Dobbins. He's he's going to be the guy that's giving yeah. Dobbins owners headaches. Um, so I would say I guess sign him. But I, I I'm very interested in where Lindsay's going to land. I think he's got talent. He's not the best pass catcher, but he runs well. Obviously, two years ago had the great season for for Denver you know, as a rookie, but kind of took a backseat to Melvin Gordon. So but it looks, sounds like he's going to be back. I mean, it looks like he's going to be back with the restrictive. We'll see. Tevin Coleman, you know, came in to, to San Francisco and th- people thought he was going to be the starter. And then it's just this constant rotation or injury situation with the, with the 49er running backs. And now he looks like he's maybe the fourth or fifth best player there, or at least he was last season. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he uh, w- was an explosive player for the, for the Falcons. And can he get back to that? I don't know. He's been kind of in and out of the lineup and getting his moments here and there, but just hasn't shown it on a consistent basis. So I guess I'd cut him. I, I tell you, I was writing weekly blurbs for the 49ers last season and like trying to figure out which running backs to, to, to write about and to be bullish on was just brutal. It was like my weekly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so w- with free agency, of the the cream of the crop, the, the guy we haven't mentioned, Aaron Jones, wasn't tagged. Uh, your boy, uh, you're probably, I'm assuming you're going to miss him heavily if he moves on. Uh, yeah. What do you think is the best landing spot for Aaron Jones? Well, you have a list of teams, you know, maybe 10 or so, 12 teams listed here that I think a great spot for him to land would be back to Green Bay. And I think that's still mm-hmm. a possibility. They they sometimes, well, they're, they're kind of reluctant to use the tag. And then they also don't want like their player to be, you know, tag them and then use them for a year and their player to be disgruntled because they're not able to get to a long-term contract. So it does sound like they're still working on that and maybe they can come to terms. And maybe it's a situation where Jones has to see what sort of markets out there for him. He's obviously the number one guy in this, in this crew, but, with the with the cap not really going up much and people cutting veterans left and right, maybe he doesn't uh, see the market that he wants to see, uh, and and teams kind of wising up at the running back position, not wanting to hand out those big contracts. So he might decide, oh well, maybe a two or three year deal with Green Bay at eight or nine million a year is worth it for him. That's a possibility. I've heard Miami. I think Miami's a good spot. That's an up and coming team. Uh, Miles Gaskin was really productive for them last year, but he would be a you know Jones would be an upgrade upgrade there you know san francisco you have listed fantastic landing spot with kyle shanahan um but i don't know that he's ever going to be the 20 to 25 touch per game guy because he's just a little bit slighter than you want and i think uh, you know in green bay they they for the for the longest time have used him 15 to 18 15 to 20 touches uh whenever that game was in control they would limit his his touches because they wanted to save him 
And I think that just shows that they don't think he's the most durable guy out there. Uh, and it's more of a size thing than anything else. So I think a, a team's going to want to sign him as not a part-timer, but as a lead back and not a, not a bell cow. Boy, that sure makes San Francisco make sense, doesn't it? Kind of pairing yeah. him up with Mostert. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, you, as you mentioned, I've got some teams, Arizona, Atlanta, Buffalo, Green Bay, Houston. Uh, Houston, you could probably take, they signed Mark Ingram. They seem dedicated to David Johnson. Uh, the Chargers might be interested in somebody to supplement Eckler. You mentioned Miami. Uh, a, a team, you mentioned Pittsburgh as well. A team I'm really interested in is Seattle. Uh, if Carson goes who they might go after, uh, Tampa Bay might kind of look for somebody if, if Fournette goes. Uh, what's your favorite team player uh, matchup like we did with quarterback? Oh, with this, with this crew? Uh-huh. I, I kind of like that. Um, I'd like to see like a Carson with, with Pittsburgh or Miami. I think that would be a lot of fun. Like I think that you could just now say, okay, he's a fourth rounder. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Jones goes somewhere. He's going to be probably top four or five rounder. But, you know, the rest of these guys, Drake, Connor, Fournette, um, you know, Bell, Mack, Coleman, none of these guys are jumping out as like instant early round pick. But if Carson lands somewhere where it looks like he's going to get 300 touches, I think we can pencil him in that first four rounds. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm all about unmurking the waters with running backs, yeah, like anything yeah. I can do. I want to see Leonard Fournette go to Atlanta because I just think he's so much better than anybody else Atlanta has, and that so I'd like to see him get that full workload like you mentioned. But Yeah, and by the way, with Atlanta getting uh, the, the OC from uh, from Tennessee, mm-hmm. you, you, I think, he's, I think he, he ran Derrick Henry so much People think that it's going to be a run run heavy offense, but that he's going to work with whatever whatever talent they have. And right now, it's at the you know it's at Matt Ryan, it's it's Calvin Ridley, it's Julio Jones. But if they get a good running back, then maybe he can start working some of that running game magic that he had with uh, with Hen- with Henry. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's shift to wide receivers. Uh, we're going to play throw here or throw hard. Uh, throw here means they need a quarterback who can throw them open, so they're going to be extra situation dependent. Throw hard means they need the quarterback just to throw it in their direction. They're going to go get it. Uh, so I want to know, within reason, of course, obviously situation does matter. Uh, but big, big class, big wide receiver class this year. So throw here, throw hard. Are you interested in Will Fuller no matter where he lands or very situation dependent for you? I, I'm interested in where, where, where he lands. He's got that speed, and, and he was really productive this year as the, the de facto number one receiver for Houston. I do think with all these players we're going to talk about, it's better if they land with a good quarterback than if they don't. Um, but And I'm also a little bit worried about players coming off a, a, you know, a, a ped a PED uh, suspension yeah, that's and, always and, and how they come back. Yeah. It's a little bit. So I'm a little bit concerned about Fuller. Okay. Okay. Some of the other stars, this is a star class. They, my favorite player, Kenny Galladay. Uh, are you interested in no matter where he lands or yeah. uh, is he a little situation dependent? Yeah. That's a throw harder, I guess, uh, for this purposes of this game. <laughs> yeah, throw hard. Uh, he's a contested catch guy and uh, he's going to be fine wherever he goes. I, you don't want him to end up with a bad quarterback. Uh, and you're gonna, he's gonna end up in the fifth, sixth, seventh round probably. If he gets, he ends up with a good quarterback, you know, he might work his way back into that third, fourth round uh, ADP. Sure, sure. Uh, another one, probably the last of who I consider to be the star players out there. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's more of a throw, uh, throw hard. No, throw here. Which one is the one? <laughs> my, my game sucks. That's okay. <laughs> no, I think I don't think he. He's been a little disappointing, uh, so I don't know if that has something to do with Roethlisberger or the, the state of the Pittsburgh offense. Or he, After Antonio Brown left, you just were expecting Smith-Schuster to really emerge, and he just he didn't. 
and now they're going to let him walk. So I think he's going to, the fit for him is going to be key. Um, you know, does, does he land in an offense that will use his skill set, or is he, you know, they expect him to be that the, the number one guy. And I don't know if that, that that's up his, you know, alley right now. Yeah, I'd love to see, like, Detroit, Indianapolis, New England. One of those spots that really features the slot receiver would be fun there. Um, somebody who I thought was a bust until he kind of showed everybody wrong last year, Corey Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis kicked ass. I mean, yeah. honestly, he uh, every time I would look at his fantasy points and, and where he was, you know, he, and then he would have a, you know, a down week here and there and everybody get mad at him again. But, you know, he ended up wide receiver two type numbers and uh, especially on a per game basis. And, you know, playing with Tannehill, I think helped playing in a, an offense that was just a high production per target helped. I don't know where he's going to land. Like this is a weird, going to be a weird market for him because I think he's got that the feeling that he was a bust, but he was not anything but a bust last year. So he, there's lots of good spots for him. Depends how much money he wants and what they're willing to take and, you know, how he's prioritizing his teams. Uh, Davis could help a lot of teams. Yeah, I, I'm interested, especially there's a thick draft too. So I, yeah. I kind of see him, maybe he holds out and ends up being a great bargain signing like three weeks into free. I don't know. We'll see. He's, he's interesting to me too. Uh, our favorite guy we already talked about. We already want him in Green Bay. We want to petition this, start the GoFundMe. Uh, Curtis Samuel, what do you think of him overall? You kind of touched on him a little earlier. You know, just what a fantastic year for him. Think Everybody mm-hmm. thinking that he was going to take a, a big backseat to Robbie Anderson, and he did for a little while, but he produced and – he had a he was a fantasy uh, at least a fantasy wide receiver three four type and was usable because of the rushing that they were giving him too and I think that was partly uh, due to the McCaffrey injury forced their hand a little bit to get like they were giving him the ball at like the twelve yard line and there was a decent chance he was going to score like he he has some ability to make a guy miss and make another guy miss and then ends up in the end zone. I noticed that they were doing that pretty consistent basis. So I'm, I want him to go somewhere where there's an offensive coordinator that will use his unique skill set and use it, use it a lot. You know, I would love to see him land with the Packers. I think he'd be a nice fit there, especially if Aaron Jones leaves. Maybe he's now you know working in as an RB2, RB3 type as well. But he's just a good route runner, got a ton of speed. He's one of Matt Harmon's favorites in the reception perception uh, study that he does every year. So he's, I think his best days are still ahead of him. Yeah, he's got those end zone eyes, too. Like, every time yeah. you look at him, those eyes get big. You can tell he's just like, I am going to score. I love it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give you a kind of a, a, a groupings here with the rest of these guys just to kind of preserve some time. Uh, so some, some older vets kind of see what they've got. T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones, and John Brown. Uh, those three guys uh, interested in where they land. Certainly. Uh, Hilton, I think, would benefit if he could play his home games in a dome. Uh, you know, he does have indoor outdoor splits I don't know that that is necessarily a major factor for somebody signing him but you know if he were to sign to be the wide receiver too for the for the Saints that would be a better fit than you know maybe going to the Packers or something like that Marvin Jones has he always outproduces his draft position I mean it's just every year it seems like it happens he had such a nice rapport with uh, Matthew Stafford now he's changing teams Stafford's changed teams and you just wonder what sort of fit he's gonna have with his was quarterback and where he landed. I mean, it's all quarterback and fit with these guys. And John Brown, fantastic uh, player. Uh, he got cut by Buffalo. They're probably going to, you know, go Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley, you know, with, with Stefan Diggs. But I think Brown could be a nice bargain player uh, for a lot of these teams. I think he and, you know, Samuel, I think Samuel will end up commanding more money. Davis might be commanding a little bit more money, but John Brown could be 
kind of a sneaky uh, signing by some of these teams. He's got he's a good route runner. He's got great speed. I think the question with him is you know his overall health. Can he stay healthy for an entire season? Because he did get dinged up this year. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders was cut recently too. Another guy who's been dinged up in recent seasons. Um, are you interested in Sanders? Or do you think he's kind of done? I don't think he's necessarily done, but you're not going to get the you know, 1100 yards, 80 catches out of him. I don't think anymore, but he could be a situational player and uh, maybe rotate and maybe he's playing 60, 70% of the snaps instead of 80, 90. And, and you're trying to get that wide receiver two production out of him from a fantasy standpoint, it's, it's going to be entirely situation dependent and whether or not he's going to be on the field and, and what sort of targets he's going to be getting. But, you know, when Sanders got cut, I immediately perked up because, I, you know, he was always one player that I wanted the Packers to sign and never did, but I guess he's getting a little up there a little bit long in the tooth and you wonder how many, you know, how much production he has left on him you forget it's easy to forget he had like a career in Pittsburgh before his Denver yeah. career you know it's, yeah. it's it's difficult to think just kind of rapid fire a few of the remaining free agents out there um Sammy Watkins Brashad Perryman John Ross Willie Sneed and Josh Reynolds all those guys those guys are kind of young uh well Watkins not really so much anymore but those guys they've all shown flashes but been largely disappointing for most of their career are you interested in any of those remaining players um, if they land in the right spot? I think from a fantasy standpoint, those guys aren't really on my radar mm -hmm. too much right now. Watkins has the you know his constant injury history. Perryman, if he's going to be starting somewhere, sure. But I don't know what that's going to be, you know, at this point. I mean, we were kind of excited about him heading to the Jets, and he was struggling with injury, and then Darnold was out with injury, and it just never happened. So I wonder where he he, he could be a cheap signing for somebody. Reynolds is has produced when given starter snaps, and he actually became like there was a little bit of a Van Jefferson issue early this year, but he he basically outplayed uh, Van Jefferson, and then there was times where he was outperforming Cup and Woods in certain games, and I think he's got some upside. Uh, he's a younger player. He I think he had a couple touchdowns against my Packers when I went up and saw him uh, play the Rams uh, at the Coliseum. And Snead is just well, he's just your he's your he's your headache guy who's gonna get 80 90 targets and you're you're hoping those go to a younger player i think that's pretty much willie sneed <laughs> all right i only got i got two more receivers just briefly uh, nelson aguilar was maddening i had him on a lot of uh, teams i picked him up off waivers and he he won weeks for me and he lost weeks for me getting goose eggs and then uh having big games do you think uh he's gonna land in a good spot is he somebody that you'd look at or not or are you looking past him well, he's 20. I was just pulling him up here. He's going to be 28 uh, in May. And Boy, that happened quick. Yeah, and he's coming off his best year. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did have, you know, within the last th four years, he had at least 736 yards and four touchdowns in three of the four seasons. And then just, you know, he had that injury year with Philly in, in 2019 and only played 10 games. Um, but, you know, he had 62 catches, 64 catches for Philly, and then 48 for, 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 for the Raiders, and then almost 900 yards. And his, uh, you know, yards per reception jumps from 9.3 to 18.7. So you wonder, did he figure things out? I mean, the catch rate wasn't great. Derek Carr is pretty good. He had a good year. But they just didn't have anything outside of Darren Waller, really, and they were supposed to. I mean, Brian Edwards, uh, Ruggs were supposed to be the starters, or potentially, I mean, Ruggs at least was supposed to be the starter, and it ends up being Aguilar. And now he's a free agent. Where does he land at age 28? It's all about fit for him. If he's the if he's a starter, if they're expect if they give him you know wide receiver two money and he lands with a good quarterback, then I'm certainly interested. Sure, sure, that makes sense. And then finally, I, I got to ask. 
is Antonio Brown any interest? I mean, he was pretty good for the Bucks when uh, no, once they I got mean, rolling. Antonio Brown is one of the greatest receivers of all time. So yeah. at 33 or wherever his age is, I'm still interested in where he lands. I mean, I don't feel confident drafting him because I don't know that he's going to get through a season without getting cut or getting arrested or what you know whatever else happens. Uh, but he he like if the Packers signed him, I mean, I'd be like, oh, it's, it's risky, but I think he would certainly improve the talent of the receiving core. Um, so I'm definitely interested in where he's landing. I just don't think that he's he's a solid pick because of all the off-field stuff. Sure, which makes sense. Yeah, I was trying to come up with like a list of teams um, for wide receiver, and w- when you factor in wide receiver two needs, like most teams need a receiver at least yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Um, I I'd love to see Antonio Brown in Arizona. I that I know that's kind of a weird fit, but I I I feel like Christian Kirk isn't best suited as a wide receiver two, and Brown over there would kind of take pressure off Hopkins. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my favorite fit. Do you have a favorite out there? Uh, a fit for one of these players on these teams? I know we touched on a little bit outside of Samuel to Green Bay. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Jared Goff is a quarterback in Detroit. There's so many targets up for grabs there. So you want somebody that's going to go get 120, 130 targets. You know, maybe a – I was going to say Galladay. Uh, <laughs> I don't it think fits, that's going to happen. Right? No, maybe Yeah, maybe a Juju or a Fuller um, or even a Corey Davis landing there. Miami is interesting with Tua. They kind of have a dearth of receivers right now. And then you're just like wondering what the quarterback situations are for some of these teams. Like mm-hmm. who's going to be, who's going to be quarterbacking Washington. We just don't know yet. Uh, some of this has to get settled before I'm getting excited about anything. But I think free agency is like the first indicator. Like, uh, you know, is somebody really investing in their passing game or are they just, uh, you know, trying to get through the year and maybe tank for the following year for a quarterback or something. So we'll see. I mean, this is a good period of time to kind of figure out what teams are trying to do. Agreed. Agreed. And it, you know, watch that as free agency unfolds teams that need a receiver that aren't going after a free agent that might signal some draft intentions because this For is sure this is a thick draft just like last year at the wide receiver position uh let's shift to tight ends we're running a little long so i won't keep you too much longer it's an interesting class this year i got two categories i got guys who are done or not and then uh start me up's my other category these are these fantasy starters next year guys that may move on so done or not, uh, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, who said he's coming back, and Jordan Reed. Those four, um, are you putting any kind of draft capital into any of them? Do you expect any of them to emerge back into fantasy, steady fantasy starters? Uh, Reed and uh, Rudolph I would put, put under the category of done. And okay. I would say Cook, Cook and Gronkowski, it sort of depends on who the other tight ends are wherever they land. And, of course, the quarterbacks. I mean, if Gronk plays for – with Brady again, then I think there's potential for him. Uh, but he just was not a consistent target this year. He was used in big plays, and he made some big plays uh, in big moments, but he wasn't a consistent target. It was, you know, Evans and Godwin and Brown, and, you know, and then Brate was sometimes seeing more targets than Gronk. So he might be a streamer type. And then Cook, I think, is a productive still a productive player, but you know, now he's out of new Orleans and where does he land? I mean, that's the big question for him, but he's, you know, he's still big and fast and can catch a ball. Yeah. It seems to have a good game every four weeks or so. Yeah, for <laughs> no sure. No matter where he goes. That other category, these are younger guys, obviously Hunter Henry, wherever he signs, he's going to be signed as a starter. He mm-hmm. has a complicated history. Um, but Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, Johnu Smith, Mo Ali Cox. Those are the four guys I'm looking at to see if they land new starting gigs somewhere. What do you think of those four? Exactly. So I think Henry is going to be a starter wherever he goes. He's the top guy in this class. Everett is the like 
you know, I, what I love about free agency is the chance for a, a, a talented backup who is flashed to go and sign somewhere else to be the starter. And that's, I, you know, when Michael Turner signed with the with the Falcons, I dra- I was all over him in the draft, and he ended mm-hmm. up like RB two that year. You know, Lamont Jordan. I'm, I'm really dating myself with some of these guys. Oh, I remember um, these guys. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, these these ba- usually they're running backs that you know flash, and then they go get get to, you know 250, 300 touches somewhere else. But uh, you know. In the tight end ranks, Gerald Everett for sure. Does he get signed to starters money, and does it look like he's going to be the starter wherever he ends up landing? Janu Smith, does he end up in in an offense that's going to feature him? He had sixty something targets last year. If he gets ninety targets, I mean, he's an athlete and he can play. Um, he he's going to post better numbers than he did this year. And Moali Cox is in this. You know, he's a same very athletic tight end. Same situation. If he lands somewhere and can stay healthy, I mean, he he was injured, you know, on and off this year. But if he can, if somebody decides to sign him, or maybe they, maybe like Buffalo adds him, yeah. you know, where he, where he's competing with Dawson Knox, and maybe he's getting a chance um, that somebody you might look at in later rounds. Yeah, and uh, the Chargers. So if they lose Henry, do you think they sign one of those other guys, or do you think Donald Parham is the guy? Well, Donald Parham is has flashed. They they were very happy to be tossing him back end zone fades. Um, <laughs> In weird situations, all of a sudden you see them throwing it up to Donald Parham. Um, so I think they're probably looking at him as being the starter, and we'll see what who they what they do maybe in the draft or maybe they sign one of these you know cheaper vets or something. But I think they're probably going into the season thinking that Parham is going to be the their starter. So you mentioned Mo Ali Cox to Buffalo as a good fit, something you'd like to see. Uh, I'm with you. I want to see Gerald Everett in Buffalo. I think Everett's a talented guy. I think Buffalo's a, a nice landing spot for it. I think Carolina's more likely to grab a rookie, but that's another great tight end spot. Is there an, another favorite uh, landing spot for any of these guys that you've got? Yeah, kind of like uh, maybe Janu uh, to New England. Ooh. Uh, I think if, it depends on the quarterback situation. If it's Cam, then I don't know. But if they have, if they, you know, if they have somebody that's going to throw the ball, you know, maybe throw twenty five touchdowns or is at least a threat to, uh, Janu going there would be would be pretty interesting. Or Janu maybe to Cincinnati. Ooh, um, I like these. Joe Burrow. Yeah, like I just like I would like to see him land with a good quarterback in, a, in an up and coming offense. I love it. I love it. Um. John, thanks for taking the time. Uh, we'll we'll let you go. We've run a little bit longer than I asked, and I appreciate you. Uh, listeners, don't forget to follow John on Twitter, at 444 underscore John. Go subscribe to 444.com. Gain access to his rankings and insight. John, thanks again. Any final thoughts or plugs before we go? Uh, no, but uh, we're going to be back after free, like the first week of free agency, and we're going to do a little bit of recap, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll have Chris on. It'll be fun. Uh, listeners, also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at Two Guys Brandon. We'll have a regular episode up to during our regular time late this Monday night. Have a good day.